This is Almost All A's podcast, a podcast sharing multiple points of view on the experiences that Asian Americans go through as mixed culture individuals. Thank you for joining us. You don't have to be Asian. You don't have to be American to be here. We're just glad you're here. If you'd like to engage with us on our social media, our Instagram handle is almostalla.pod. We'd love to see you there. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Almost All A's podcast. This is Clarissa. This is Edwin. This is Nathan. And we are so glad that you are here. We just wanted to recap what we talked about in last week's episode on family and the roots of our family. We discussed how our family influenced who we are today and who we came from as well. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a different track on family and discuss even our family dynamics and introduce a topic called the shadow of your caregivers. Just the definition of what this shadow of your caregivers is, it's the idea that just as genetics get passed down from generation to generation, attributes such as strengths and weaknesses of family members also get passed down too. So I guess I can start start us off with an example of what that looks like. In my own life, I've noticed that one thing I struggle with is the aspect of being alone. Growing up, I was never alone. I have a brother, I have, um, and I'm very grateful for my mother and father. And so I grew up always having people around me, being in a loud household. But when I went to college, one thing I noticed about myself is that I was really unable to even go out to dining hall by myself or... Even if I had a travel planned, I, it was really hard to be on the plane by myself. For some reason, it felt like eyes were watching me or judging me for being alone. And I think the more I felt this and encountered this experience of, of my own, I started to talk to my parents a little bit more about it and share with my friends. And one thing that my mom pointed out is that she struggles with this too. She struggles with eating out by herself and also traveling by herself. I remember her sharing that it's something that she can never imagine her doing. And I realized this is probably one of those things that my mom finds as an insecurity. And therefore, maybe it was through the way that she raised me or the example that she set for me that I was also impacted by this phenomenon. So that was my example of one way that the shadow of your caregivers impacted me. And I guess I wanted to open it up to you guys too. What are some traits that you felt you inherited from your parents? Let's start with you, Nate. Um, For me, I think uh, just like off the top of my head, like a few things I can think about is um, growing up kind of the way like my dad raised me, maybe, or not that he raised me, like the things he said to me, I would kind of see as a little different than what normal people, not normal people, <laughs> um, other Asian Americans would like stereotypically hear is, um, he was more about improving myself as an individual rather than like the success in the world. And, um, for him, he's, uh, he was always hardworking. I think growing up as a kid, I didn't see him that much. Um, when I was in like preschool and like the first few years of elementary school, he was, um, always working hard to support us. So I think growing up, I saw him pretty much only on the weekends and sometimes on Fridays. And I think that work ethic 
to him was he was all about supporting his family and doing it any way possible and it wasn't really much about anything else and i think for me i think looking back on it is that's always been a thought now in my head like as i like just finished college and i'm like looking for jobs um is how to support like i don't i obviously don't have a family but like just like that's like a current thought that like kind of reoccurs in my head a lot and it's like you know like when i get that job i need to get it soon so i can start saving up for money in case i have to start supporting my own family and you know like it doesn't really matter like what i do as long as i work hard to support that family so that's like off the top of my head like what i can think of yeah i think that's a great example and i think it shows how even though it's called the shadow of your caregivers there are things that are also positive like supporting your family and that motivation to do so that is a positive trait that is one way that we can talk about this subject Mm. how about you edwin do you have any examples of this in your family um yeah so i think the first thing that came to mind was i think kind of like the way my dad shows love so kind of similar to nathan uh when i was a when i was younger uh, my dad would try my dad travels a lot for work so sometimes he's gone for like a whole week and we'll see him on weekends and then he's there for like another week and then he leaves every other week um but i think it was more frequent when we were younger but as i got older he's like i think it wasn't as much but i think yeah going back to i think the way he shows love is like a very tough love um and and this might be like very typical in like a lot of asian american uh, family dynamics it's like i think as my dad as my dad shows this type of tough love because i think it's not it's not his default reaction to show an emotional type of love so he's very like tough on us in in a way where it's not where he's like pushing us like oh you can only get a's or like you have to be the top of your class or you have to get into this type of college but i think it's a tough love in a sense where hey you have to like try your best and like uh you need to as long as you give it your best um and you really really tried and you can look me in the eye and tell me that yeah i gave it my all and like that's the way like i think he showed that kind of tough love and i think a lot of that has been like i think i realized that now as i like I'm talking about it like I'm a very like tough love type of person where like yeah like I I, like really care about you but uh, the way I show it is like kind of like the way my dad will show it to me it's like hey like it's just like did you did you get that done and I'm like yeah and then he'll be like and do that that it's like that affirmation of love is like oh good I'm like he won't directly say like oh I'm proud of you but like you kind of know when like they give you a look or like they're like like that nod of approval not necessarily it's like doesn't have to be like a physical like hug or like you know but you just kind of know, I think. So I guess that's kind of an example of, yeah, that. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think what's really interesting about the whole idea of the shadow of your caregivers and why I think that it's an important topic to discuss, especially on a podcast like this, is because this entire idea of shadow of your caregivers, it surpasses generations and it also surpasses culture. Um, for example, all three of us, our ancestors came from another country, not America. And from generation to generation, um, our ancestors were in another country. Now we are here. 
So it's interesting to think that even though we've moved to different places, our families have pretty much migrated, um, these norms and these insecurities or even securities about ourselves still get passed on. And even as time has changed, like we live in such a different, more progressive um, place, especially like California. Um, I think that the ideas and ideals that our parents and our grandparents and great-grandparents grew up in is very different than we have now. Like one example that I have um, is just with my, my grandparents. I think the entire idea of male patriarchy in Asia is such a huge deal. And we hear about it all the time with men being the leader of households, bring honor to the family, the men must be the one to work. And I I know that that's something I've always struggled with in my own personal life. um, I remember even when my grandpa, usually it's the grandpa who names, who gives the name of the children, at least in in my culture. And because I was the firstborn child of my grandpa's first son, my grandpa wasn't happy that I was a female. So he didn't want to name me. (laughs) Mm. And I remember when I first heard that from my mom, I was really upset at my grandpa. How old were you when you heard that? I think I was 12 when I first learned that. Because, so my Chinese name, it's Wu Zhangmei. Um, But that name... Had, yeah, the way that I was named that was a long story. So after my grandpa denied have, wanting to name me, my mom's mother was like, well, if you don't want to name her, then I will name her. And that was defying Asian culture, the Asian culture. Mm. So my grandpa, he didn't really want to, but he just chose the most out there name or the most simplest name, really, which is Mei, which means little sister. Little sister, I'm not the little sister, I'm the oldest sister. But I think it showed the defiance of the male people in my family. Um, and now I'm not, I'm not against my name or anything, but I remember that. And that's because my grandpa, he is definitely one of those um, alpha male types of men. Mm. But even watching how maybe he raised my dad and in how my dad raised my brother, you can see that it was with, the, with these ideals that as a man, you must be the leader of the household. You must be strong. You must be the one to provide. And I think it's really different um, seeing how we are raised now or from our society that tells us that women can be that way too. Um, so I, I remember even growing up for me, knowing that I'm the oldest sister, but... Now, growing up in America, I know I could be the one to provide, too, for my family. I could, it doesn't have to be the man, and that's okay. And I think that realizing that that's an aspect of generational sin, that women have to be maybe submissive or even more quiet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just urged me to think in a different way, where it's not like I'm blaming my grandpa for doing that or for being like an alpha male, but realizing that we live in another society and I don't have to, that's not the ideals that I have to pass down to. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So as men, (laughs) (laughs) 
what are your experiences with just like even how Asian culture pushes men to be like masculine and strong? So yeah, it's I think once you once you started mentioning your grandpa, I thought about my grandpa. Um, and I think with family, it's always a little tricky. <laughs> um, nothing is always black and white with family. But I, I was just thinking how when you were talking about how like your grandpa raised your dad, I was thinking about my own grandpa and how like he raised his kids. And then I think not that it's right or wrong. It's just like, and maybe consequences isn't the right word either, but it's kind of like the reaction or yeah, the reaction of how he raised his kids has affected like my family. So I think as I'm growing older, like I'm talking more to my mom and my dad, um, obviously I'm, I'm not like there physically with them. I'm moved. So I think there's like precious moments where I'm learning more about my family and I, and I realize like, man, like sometimes, uh, like wh- why did my grandpa make these certain decisions that have like, you know, maybe hurt my mom in a couple of ways. Um, and then, and I think when you're talking about like how males, like usually like they, they're supposed to be like the alpha and I'm just thinking in my head, like what if the male isn't then does, does another, like if they have a brother, does that younger brother step up and take that spot? Yeah. Or, or maybe it, like, are they even less than for not being alpha or, or if they're being forced, right? right. If, if the grand if, if the parents want to force that individual to be the alpha, but th- they can't do it. So then does the, does the sister do it? Does the younger brother step up and do it? So then that like burdens, I think other parts of family that I've been recently like discovering and, and just, yeah, I, I just, it makes me just think that like, I wish that they were maybe a little more open-minded, but I understand like back in their times, like that's just how it was, right? Like, uh, as Asians, we, we like to conform, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Asian Americans too, in, in this day and day, like we're, we're not, uh, always, we're not the first ones to be activists. We're not the first ones to go on that rally or march. And, and that's like, I think partly cultural. Um, but another part is maybe just not caring that we don't want to stir the pot and it's like safer. We don't like to take risks. Um, so I think bringing it back, I, I just think, yeah, sometimes I wish that, I could dive in deeper into like what my grandpa was thinking. Um, but I mean, th- that's, that's family, right? It's, it's not always um, clean, but at the end of the day, like that's family. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have anything to add, Nate? Yeah. Um, well, I actually just like, I think I l- like what you were talking about, like regarding your name and like the background of that. I think it's like, it probably not that it probably I think it serves as a really great reminder that like even though your name means like little sister and like that's not your role I think it's a good reminder when you reflect back on like that name but also like everything else that you've done and how far you've come and like that's like a pretty powerful message that like you know you're not stuck in the role that you were forced to play or like you don't have to follow what you were given like the name you were given or the title you were given and you know it's pretty cool Thank you. <laughs> I do not have as cool of a story. I think for me, I think now that once you brought up the question, I was like thinking through my family and like all my my grandpas and my grandmas and like aunts and uncles, but I don't know. I never had 
that problem. Um, I think out of both sides of my family, I am not the oldest male. On one side, I am second oldest. And then on the other side, I am, I guess I am the oldest, but there's an older cousin above me, and I don't know if that matters. So I don't know. My grandparents have never mentioned any of that. They've never said anything. None of our Asian names mean anything other than like, I don't know, random Asian things like happy, nice person or like <laughs> great fortune. I don't know. Like, I think mine means happy, something happy, nice or something like that. I don't really follow it, but um, I don't know. I think growing up for me, we never had that talk. No one's ever brought that up to me about, you know, me having to carry on the family name or lead on the household and act a certain way. Yeah, because you are the oldest son. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh, out of my direct family, I am the oldest son. Yes, I have one younger sister that, ironically, most people think is older than me. (laughs) (laughs) I think because she just comes off, like, more mature or more quiet, and I'm, like, running around the place. But, yeah, I think even thinking about it that way, mm, no, I don't. My parents have never mentioned anything. I think my parents, even though they're, like, zero generation like they're the ones who immigrated over when they were teenagers they never had that kind of pressure on me as like the oldest son i mean there's sure there's like the stuff that everyone should do it's like take care of your little sister you need to be a good example and stuff like that but there was i don't know there's never this pressure i mean i think my parents just even though they were the immigrants they didn't they're not like firm traditional like my dad like is like he's like whatever like you know just be a good person do the right thing my mom's like do the right thing get a job do the right thing you know kind of thing so i thought it was just interesting that like we may have like very very similar backgrounds where all of our parents had come over here or like they've been here for a while but um we all just kind of had different expectations i don't know yeah yeah or like the upbringing is very different still yeah right? mm-hmm. or like different expectations with potentially similar upbringing like we were all the first generation born here, right? Or even the idea that some, like some of our parents took on the American culture, maybe a little bit more than others. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's probably what, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all those points, guys. Um, and I think that just to, just to wrap up this idea of shadow of your caregivers, I think it's also important to note that while we may all face these shadows from um, our individual stories. It is our role to I- even identify what those shadows are, the good and the maybe not so good. And it's our role to make a decision if that's going to be passed down in our future generations. So for example, for my story with my mom feeling the fear of loneliness or being alone, it is my role to pass down to my future generations that it's okay to be alone and it's it's okay to be independent. And I guess one more question that I wanted to ask for this family episode is even the idea of growing up. I wanted to ask, how has your relationship with your family changed as you got older? I think I can kind of see the transition from being definitely treated more like a child as I should have been when I was younger to um, someone that they see more as an adult who's more independent 
Um, that change kind of came from college and definitely before that I was, I had a lot of like restrictions. I feel like like most kids growing up, you would have like restrictions on like bedtime and like how late you can stay out and like you can only be on the computer for a certain amount of time and stuff like that. But I mean, as a kid, I think I definitely broke all the rules. Like I was never a good kid. I probably had those (laughs) rules because I broke them, you know? Um, I was like in high school, I used to sneak out. Like, I think my, my parents were like, you have to be like, at home by 11 and like i would be like out and i get home at, like one or two and i remember getting grounded in my senior year of high school which is exciting wow. yeah wow. <laughs> yeah Wild Nate. no you were so rebellious i didn't, I didn't know oh, that yeah. i wasn't even i don't know it's kind of lame i don't know <laughs> just trying to live my life you know last year of high school <laughs> trying to make make it exciting um but yeah i don't know i think once i hit college and um, I did two years of community, so I was at home still for my first two years. And then I had three years out in slow. But I think just through those years, I had a lot more freedom. Uh, you know, um, I thank my parents for trusting me in my <laughs> college years. And, like, all the curfews were kind of, like, gone. And, like, all they expected me to do was, like, just, I don't know, keep up my grades and, like, make sure I, like, did the right things in college and, like, apply to the right schools and then graduate and stuff. So... It was, I don't know, I think it's, it was really cool to see my parents just give me the freedom, like, once I hit that stage. Like, I don't know, maybe they had to talk about it, maybe they flipped a coin about it or something, but, yeah, that was my experience. Yeah, so for me, I think, I think similar to Nate, when it changes when I went to college, um... Yeah, I mean, my mom still texts me every day. So, wow. <laughs> um, like, um, yeah, it's like I feel like after I left for the first year, um, and I came back, I think they slowly realized that I'm like growing as a person and like <laughs> getting older, and so I think a lot of the times where yeah, kind of like the curfew thing was kind of like the first thing I noticed because usually I didn't stay out that late in high school, um, but then. Uh, once, once I got to college, like I could stay out, like, and they wouldn't, they would text me like, Hey, like you good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just still out, you know? So like, I think it got less and less to a point where it's like, Oh, like you're going out. And I'm like, yeah. And then it was like, Oh, okay. See you later. So it was like super normal. Um, but I think one stark change is actually as a kid, um, I would always (laughs) want to have my friends over. Mm -hmm. So as a little kid, I'm always like, mom, can I like, can uh can so-and-so come over and can we like play <laughs> as little kids and then i remember like our kids as kids we would like go up to both of our moms and like try to like get them to say yes together um and then like hopefully get like some type some type of play date play date yeah that's what they call <laughs> it cute play date yeah so and then i i think even even in high school i think i usually still ask my parents hey like can can so-and-so come over but then I, as i left and i got older it's usually more like, oh, mom, like, uh, so-and-so is coming over. It's more like, I think I'm, like, telling them rather than asking, which I don't know if that's, again, right or wrong. But I just think, mm. like, I just think it got to a point where it's like, oh, like, they trust that I'm not going to bring, like, a stranger home or, like, you know, it's like, they're my friend. Like, obviously, like, I trust them and, like, it's going to be fine. Right. So I think that was a big change that I saw, too, because I think growing up as a little kid, like, play dates were, like, super important. Or, like, they were big, right? It's like what do you do all day like i don't know like oh come over (laughs) and then so i think that was like one of the biggest changes and then um 
know, definitely after I graduated, I moved. Uh, I'm sure my parents want me back in LA eventually. But I mean, at the same time, they acknowledge that, you know, I'm, I'm an adult now. Like I can choose, you know, where, where to go. And that's just something that I'm, I'm very thankful that they have empowered me to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that hearing both of you speak, I think I heard freedom was a big like keyword from Nate and then trust was from Edwin. And I think I would say the same thing, like freedom and trust for me in terms of how my relationship with my parents have changed over the years. I think freedom, one of the biggest symbols of freedom, I feel like, was when my parents got me my car. That was my mm. junior year of college, which mm. is a little late <laughs> in the game. But definitely that was when Wait, I... Wait, in college? That was when I got my car. What? You I had my license, but I didn't have my Wait, car. How did, how did you get around? Oh, well, I had like my parents' car, but it wasn't like my own oh. car that they said this oh, is your car. I was like, okay. I'm pretty I was like, sure you were driving no a car in college. I was definitely I was like, driving prior to okay. that, but it was my. I was like, did she steal a car? Like, <laughs> what was <where> driving? <laughs> that okay. my parents said this is going to be your car that you get to use. Got it. So that was probably my first. Um, experience of just the freedom that I was able to get with my parents, being able to go out when I wanted to, come home when I wanted to. Mm-hmm. That was huge mm-hmm. for me, and I felt like a new person, honestly. <laughs> and I would say that trust was definitely built, too, over the years. Back in the day, um, I used to ask my mom everything first, like, Mom, can I get this toy? Or, Mom, can I go hang out with this person? Can I go get boba with this person? And then I remember like when I came back one summer and I asked her, mom, can I, can I get this book on Amazon? And she was like, why do you have to ask me? You're an adult. So I think that's when I realized my mom trusts me to make my own decisions, to buy my own things. Mm. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah. So I guess to wrap this whole episode up, I wanted to end on a lighter note than what we started on. But I wanted, when I was crafting or thinking about what this episode should be about, or you can go in so many different directions with family. I felt like it was really important to even give an ode to your parents. So guys, if there is one blurb or short sentence that you'd like, if your parents were listening to this, oh, what would... <laughs> What would you want to tell them to even just like, yeah, what would you want to, what would you want to say to your, your parents, Edwin? Uh, hi mom. Hi dad. Uh, um, thank you for, yeah, just giving me and providing me with everything that I need, um, and setting me up for success. Uh, and yeah, always being there for me. Um, yeah, I love you. That's what I would say. Nice. Short and sweet. How about you, Nate? Um, hey, guys. I don't know how you found this, but yeah. Thank you for teaching me how to be a real person and keeping things prioritized like family, friends, over more material things and um, just highlighting relationships with people. And allowing me to do so myself and trusting me to do it. Um, you guys are the best. You guys are my favorite parents <laughs> that I've ever had. Thanks. 
Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, hello, mommy and papi. Thank you so much for all that you've done. Not only provided for me and Zhang Hao, but also the ways that you've taught me to grow with integrity and honesty and a hardworking, a good hardworking work ethic. Thank you that even though you're not perfect, you've raised me as best as you can. And I hope that you're proud of who you raised me to be in just pursuit of my faith, in pursuit of others, and also myself. So thank you for everything, and I love you so much. Wow. Good thing you went last. That was, that was good. That <laughs> Actually, was good. I yeah. feel like... Maybe we should go again. No. You guys maybe. want to? <laughs> We're going to be compared as good children and bad children yeah, now. I'm probably labeled as the bad child. That short and sweet man. This guy doesn't even care about his parents. <laughs> I just said, the hey, tough guys. Tough love, but... right, Edwin? <laughs> tough love, yeah, tough. Okay, well, anyways, we thank you so much for listening to this episode and sticking to the end. I just want to empower you guys to continue to um, reach out to your family. Um, I know that can be tough sometimes, but, you know, they're there for you. Um, and if, if you're looking for family, we're here too. So we'd love you to just continue to stick around with us um engage with us share your stories with us on our instagram it's almost all a dot pod and we'd love to hear from you and what you think so far and if you have any examples of how generational um shadows have been going on in your family we'd love to hear those too so stick around till the next episode we're going to be talking about more great stuff have a wonderful rest of your week bye guys bye, bye guys. thank you